So welcome back to Big Fish Little Pod. I was looking at Reader's Digest and found a, a little story that that made me smile and is a little sappy and and is just the kind of thing that I love. It happens in a little classroom. I think it was a first grade classroom. The teacher wanted to do some art time with the students and so she thought that she would have them make a picture of something that reminds them of being thankful. And some kids made a picture of a turkey or a dinner table, and some kids made a picture of their family. Some kids did a a picture of the seasons and the way that the crops grew and and they the seeds ended up on the table. And one child did a picture of a hand. And everyone understood all the other pictures but they didn't necessarily understand the picture of the hand. And so the teacher said to the class, so what does this represent? And one of the kids said, I think that's my mother's hand who's making the turkey for us. And one child said, I think that's the policeman's hand who helps me walk across the street. And One child said, I think that's the hand of a doctor who makes me better. And they all had their input on what the hand was. But as the teacher looked at the young boy who drew the hand, his face didn't light up at all as if people understood what the hand was. And so he was a a quiet, shy boy, and was often sad. And so the teacher quietly went to him while the other children were talking about their projects. And she said, this is so beautiful. What what does it represent to you? Whose hand is it? And he said, it's your hand. And immediately she thought back to the time at recess where he had gotten picked on a little bit at at kickball and was sad and came over and put his hand in hers. Or the time that he had misunderstood an assignment and didn't get it right at all. And he came up to her and just put her put his hand in her hand and she remembered so many times when when he wasn't feeling good about something and he would just come up and stand near her and she would offer him her hand and he would hold her hand for just a little bit i like that story because it reminds me that each one of us has an opportunity to do very simple things that somebody might be thankful for, that we have that gift of being able to help other people be thankful. I'm sure that you can think of a thousand different simple things that other people could do for you to to make to bring up just a little bit of well thank you for that um and because they happen for us every day um 
I wonder how many times we miss them and what would what difference it would make if we set out today just to try to be conscious of the opportunities that we have to do something nice, kind, uplifting, just to make somebody's journey a little more pleasant or a little more easy um, so that they might be thankful. Seems like a real simple message, a simple message just to remind us to take the time and look for the opportunities to be kind. Yeah, I guess I'm I'm wondering about the balance in spiritual life between the importance of being kind, compassionate, loving, you know, uh, merciful, and not sugarcoating the reality of the fact that we don't really belong here. I guess I'm thinking of Paul and also the teachings of Jesus. And I think I grew up understanding Christianity to mean like be kind to one another and love your neighbor. And I think that that is important and like very much an important part of spiritual life. But I think for me, it was when I started reading the letters of Paul and and his kind of interpretation of Jesus' message and finding it a bit more, not harsh, but urgent. And maybe I'm misremembering the, those letters, but I guess I don't remember Paul talking a lot about like loving your neighbor. <laughs> and so how do we balance those two things? I mean, even in, even in Christian worship songs, like they say, like, right. you know, like this is, this is not the place where we belong. I guess I'm trying to balance the two. Like we want to be loving and kind to each other. I think that that's essential for, I think that that's essential for moving forward in our spiritual lives. But we also, it is the ultimate goal, making people's journey easier when sometimes the pain of this journey is actually the catalyst to make us reach out to God. Wow. You just sent me in like five different directions. So, <laughs> so let's see if we can and deal with them bit by bit. Um, Paul, obviously, in his writing and in his interpersonal skills, was more interested in the truth than anything else. Yeah. And even though Paul encouraged us to speak the truth in love, his love for us is sometimes heard in his desire to save our soul, not our feelings. Um, so, right. but Paul also was the writer of Corinthians. Right. And first Corinthians 13 says the greatest thing we could do is love. Right. Right? right. Well, that's what I mean. There's like a clear balance there. Right? Yeah. There's a whole yeah. chapter there on <laughs> on love, you know. Yeah. So, but Paul definitely believing that the world was going to end um, before he died, and that our job was not to accommodate to this world, but but fit into the kingdom of God, you know? Um, right. 
obviously you're right. He was driven in that way. And that caused him sometimes to split relationships and not seek to be kind. We'll have to meet him in that world where we do fit to hear whether he has any thoughts on that, on, on whether he could have been a little more balanced. It just like I feel like I'm a um, I'm quite a sensitive person. Like it's sometimes a problem in my life, like how sensitive right. I am. Right. But for me, like Paul is what got me on board right. with like a grown up Christianity. I you know? I agree. Yep. So I think he is harsh, and maybe if I had had a personal relationship with him, maybe I wouldn't respond so well. Maybe it's easier to read his letters two thousand years later, but. I don't know. I find his um, directness really satisfying and encouraging. And and I think based on the little that I know that I probably align more with Barnabas, who was the generous Mm -hmm. giver of the relationships. And he and Paul ended up splitting, you know, because Paul thought he was just babying everyone. You know, right? That's how I feel. Yeah. So, so Paul and I probably would have agreed on the ultimate goal, but not on the way to get there. Um, so that makes sense, yeah. you know. So, and yeah. and just as when I get to that place that we we fit perfectly, um, I will probably be able to say very easily. Yeah, I baby people a little too much. You know, I didn't push them so yeah. that they didn't get the opportunity to be all that they could be because I I, I didn't want to hurt them, you know? So, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. I don't know what Paul would decide. You know, that's, that's, that's Paul and not me. I'm definitely more like Barnabas, um, you know, so... Um, so that's that's one thing, but but yeah. Paul did write that whole chapter on love, you know. So that is there, yeah. and Paul did yeah. write to the Galatians, "Bear one another's burdens, and you will fulfill all the law," you know. So so he did have that concept that we are on a journey where we're supposed to be together, helping along the way, you know, um, that we're. We're going to reach yeah. that goal best yeah. by helping each other. Yeah. 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 I guess for me, and I think maybe you just kind of, this is already built into your understanding, but I need it more clearly stated. I uh, recently were with a teacher of ours and he was saying, hmm. you know, the only thing that anyone is actually lacking is a relationship with God. And so we, you know, we can try to solve all of the problems, but actually the only thing yeah that yeah. anyone is lacking is a relationship with God because in the end we're actually just eternal souls, you know? Um, and so I think the act of loving someone and like sharing kindness and all that, that can help connect that can be using you as an instrument, uh, as a relationship with God and it can inspire others to see what a relationship with God looks like and it can connect them with their relationship with God and it can just celebrate the relationship with God that everybody has and so I think Hmm. but I guess for me like I'm hesitant to like Hmm. fix all the other problems and make this world kind of cushy and comfortable and just kind of help us forget the actual problem 
which is that we are like forgetting our relationship with God. But I think for you, that might just kind of be built in. Well, to me, it's built in in a conversation that we had, I don't know, two or three times ago um, about God creating us because God is communal. Right. Um, That so I would think that we are working on our relationship with God when we're working on our relationship with others. Right, right. You know, because each one of us are gifted by God and like a puzzle fit together in ways that help us in our relationship with God. You know, so, so I don't like, obviously people who pursue um, monastic life are doing so on a call to to seek God. But I think ultimately we need to go away and then come back and go away and then come back because it's where two or three of us are gathered, there God is in the midst of us. That, that there's something different when a group of people are seeking God than when an individual is seeking God. Yeah. I'm completely on board Um, with that. Yeah. So, and they're, and they're, they're both important, right? Yeah. I guess I'm just thinking like, I mean, it's hard in the example you gave because I mean, who does, who doesn't want to hold hands with a lonely first grader? Right. Right. But I mean, and when it's not like you're going to like shove him off and be like, Oh, just, yeah. Like suck it up. This isn't even a real problem. Your only problem is that you don't have a relationship with God, right? You know, right. So, like, obviously, mm-hmm. you're going to coddle him and like help him. I guess my concern is like, if we could solve all the problems that right. that little boy had, if we could have his parents be home at the right time, right. if we could have a, right. a loving older brother care for him, if we could have a hot food on the table, if we could solve all the problems right. for him, there would still be this gaping problem. I agree. In my mind, I which agree. Is, like, is connected like to the divine. I agree. And I I guess that to me deepens deepens the simple the simple story because I I believe that we can't solve all those problems. Um yeah. but you're right, even if we could, that still leaves a, a, a gaping whole but it's in the relationship of being kind that i think when the teacher held the child's hand the child felt god and maybe when the child drew the picture and said that to the teacher that's your hand she felt god so i do believe god is communal and so as we figure out community as we figure out the body working together we do we do meet god you know so so i think they're both and and neither either probably you know be if i spend my whole life just trying to be kind but i don't pursue relationship with others and with god i'm just gonna drive myself crazy the other thing is I think kindness isn't necessarily fixing things. Yeah. Yeah. Cuz kindness simply means let me sit with you because you just got news 
that your husband died. I can't fix that. At that point, I probably can't say anything that's going to bring you closer to God. Because I've had plenty of people in those situations say, you know, I still believe in God, but I'm really mad at God right now. But sitting with them, not leaving them alone, is a powerful act. So I don't necessarily mean fixing things. That's where I get in trouble. You know, I try to fix people rather than just let them be. Or I hope I can say I used to try to fix people. Yeah. um, Rather than just letting them be and knowing that God has this all. Yeah. And that either on their own or maybe with help, they'll find the answer. Or or yeah. maybe they'll just feel strength. Yeah. yeah, I think it just for me in in studying different traditions and then coming back especially to the letters from Paul, it was so helpful to hear it's not all supposed to go well. Yeah. Here. Right. Right. That was just so yeah. helpful for me in my material life and also like such a catalyst for me in my spiritual life. Yeah. And so I think that's just the only thing like in these kind of literally it's like the cliche the reader's digest right, story right, right, right that it's just so buttoned up right. and it's just so right sweet right. and and i guess i i believe in kindness i believe in the i mean i i like this idea of kind of like a radical the radical power of love or kindness you know and i feel like that is what jesus was actually showing but i mean yeah, like we said before, it's, it's easy to hold the hand of a lonely first grader. But, I mean, am I actively working on my kindness and love towards people of the uh, opposite right. political party as me? Am I actively working on love and kindness towards the woman at my work who always has something negative to say right. about, like, my service? Am I – you know what I mean? So I think – Yes. To me, those feel like more – healing moments but i mean maybe i'm just being selfish because those feel like healing moments for me and i think part of the point of the story was that for the teacher it was just natural to hold his hand it was just natural to take care of him because that it wasn't a big healing moment for her it wasn't a big radically spiritual moment for her but for him it meant a difference so maybe it's there's also something there like maybe it's it's not it's not just about me and my growth. <laughs> yeah. If I'm going to be radically kind, then I don't make judgments of who I'm kind to. So I just look for ways to be kind, even to people that you've just described. Mm-hmm. As as C.S. Lewis, as you and I have talked about, say that's the ultimate test in heaven, is that you know, I, I die and I go to heaven if that happens. And the person who opens the gates for me is the person who raped my daughter. Yeah. Am I ready to shake his hand knowing that even though I am not quite ready to do that, that God has forgiven him because he's repented, you know? Am I ready to shake his hand as a common courtesy? So to me, to be radically kind means I make no judgments of who to be kind to. I treat people as people deserving of respect and love, regardless of how they respond. Right. Which is the model that Jesus gave us, like with the, I hope. With the tax yeah. collector or with right. the, 
Yeah. Right. There are people that will argue he didn't necessarily do that with the Pharisees, but that's more of the Pauline part where he spoke the truth, you know, Um, and some of that may be the addition of the writers as well. But the other the other place that that your your last question, you know, sent me, I've brought you up for that exact point. The last two sermons I've preached. I don't know if your ears were burning while you were in New York or not. Um, But we've been looking at the book of Daniel. And in Daniel, we have the three stories where their diet is different. And they say, let us do our diet, the diet God gave us. and, And they ended up healthier than the other people. They set up, the king set up the golden idol and they all had to bow down. Well, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego would not bow down, ended up in the fiery furnace, but didn't get burned. Um, and Daniel was was ordered not to pray to any other god but the king. But Daniel went to his window and prayed, got thrown into the lion's den, and wasn't eaten. You know, so for them, following God led them to more blessings. But I had to say to my people, that's not always the way it works. Look at Jesus' life and look at the disciples. And I shared with them your horror at finding out how all the disciples died within like five years, you know? Yeah, and in like bad ways. In horrible ways. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that they were faithful to God and they died. They they got murdered. Crucified upside yeah. down. Yeah. But the but the three Hebrew children got it right before they were not burned because they said our God can save us. We don't know if God will or not, but we're still going to be faithful. So they implied we're going to be faithful, even if it means dying in the furnace. Yeah. (laughs) People could argue your point that those stories left all those people with blessings. Right. But like, being in a furnace and being in a lion's den, whether you died or not, is not really the greatest. <laughs> so, like, yeah, maybe our stories are going to take a turn. Maybe we're go- maybe we're walking through a really difficult part of our lives right now, but maybe we won't be burned in the end, right? Yeah. Or maybe we'll be crucified. Like, yeah. these are the stories of God's people, right? Right. right. But yeah. but the story of the the furnace was that the king said, "Didn't we throw three guys in there? Why do I see four? And why does one look like the son of God? Mm, you know, yeah. that that the one thing we do have, and that's where I went to Stephen, who was a follower yeah. of Jesus, who was stoned to death, you know. But he laid down and slept while he was getting pummeled by stones yeah. because he saw a vision of that world that we were talking about, where he does fit perfectly. But, but even that isn't promised to us. Yeah. You know, maybe they yeah. could have gotten thrown in the furnace and had an agonizing, terrible death. Jesus on the cross did not experience beauty and bliss. And he felt separation from God, which has got to be the ultimate agony. Right. So, so yeah, if kindness means right. holding on to the hand right. of a first grader, who doesn't sign up for that? Right. But if it means like the Amish folk who right. 
whose families were slaughtered who pray now for the people who killed their family. That's that's incredible. And and if it means going out into this world and not passing judgment on people, but just treating them as people that deserve kindness. Yeah, I think that, yeah, it, it reminds me of, like, mm. it's easy to get a, a pillow, like, embroidered with, like, love one another and put it on your couch, you know? Like, that's nice. People like those, like, kind of warm quotes. But I remember, like, I posted a quote one time from... I think it was first John yeah. on my Instagram. It was like the one like, do not love the world or anything yeah. in it. Like the, like the world, the world and it's like beauty right. or whatever passes right. away. But um, whoever follows God lives forever, you know? And it was really just saying like, don't, like, don't enjoy this. Yeah. Don't enjoy these things around you, you know? Like, right. Like right. keep your eyes on God. And I remember no one liked it. Like not one. Like, not one person liked the quote. And then all of a sudden, I got a notification after, like, four or five days. Like, someone liked your Instagram post. So I went and looked at it, and it was you. You were the only <laughs> person. <laughs> um, and see, you know, like, yeah. And see, I would. No bar- one wants to hear that. <laughs> no one wants to hear it. You're right. Everyone wants to hear, like, be kind to the first grader yeah. or even be radically kind to your right. boss that's difficult but no one wants to hear like this world won't bring you satisfaction but, but see i would bartholomew that and and say yeah. there's also scripture that said only those things done for christ will last and to me right. anything kind anything developing relationship is right. what will last they're the things that matter They're the things that live beyond this world. Yes, right. Well, and I think that's what we're coming full circle back to the start, right? Like, that's the balance. Right. How do we keep the focus of the reality of the situation? Right. And somehow rise above that reality to love one another through this. Right. Because it's what really matters. Yeah. I mean, this world, not this world. Wanting to turn away from this world, to me, doesn't mean being impersonal in this world or being right. unloving in this world. Right. Like, it should be that we actually rise above the dissatisfaction and challenges of the world and that the love for one another grows stronger. Yeah. But it's a, a very interesting balance. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because you can become callous in that. Right. And say, this world doesn't matter, so I'm just going to isolate myself and make it through. Because right. right. this world is not my home, I'm only passing through, you know? And I right. don't think that's what God put us here for. No. You know? No, I agree. Or why we chose to be here, whichever your right. philosophy is. Yeah. Right. And I think I err on the side of that. I would rather be more focused and I think there's then there's also this um, risk that if you go too loving and kind, you might fall in love with the things of this world. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. I don't think you're in love with the things of this world, but I think right. you err on the side of like, you err on the side of kindness. Uh, like, well, let's just be, let's just be loving. Let's just be kind through this. Let's just be happy through this. You know? Right. And I think I feel more of the right. risk that I might forget my true nature, my true goal. Right, right, right. Because yeah. 
I may end up giving you gifts that don't last rather than sharing gifts with you or calling gifts from you that will last forever. That's my danger. Right. Right. Yeah. And I chose a husband who many times a day says, we're all going to die. We're all going to die. Don't forget, you know, this isn't lasting. This isn't. This isn't what we're here for. Right. But I'm going to hold your hand while you die and open your eyes to that other world and also probably confirm that you made a difference in my life here and that that will make a difference in my life beyond here. And your husband would do that as well. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't mean cold. It just means focused. Right. And it's easier. I think everything in the world, the media, the shows, so many things in this world are telling us you can be happy here. Right. Buy this and you'll right. be happy. Right. Marry this person and right. you'll be happy. Get this job. So it's like so much of the messaging is right. telling us you can be right. happy here if you get right. it right. And so I think it's important right. to me that I read and listen and then converse as much as possible with people who are saying, actually, that's not the way it is. Yeah. Actually, you can't be fully satisfied here to help counteract that messaging that's coming at me. All and time. you'll find plenty of spiritual places that preach that same message. Yes. If you're faithful to God, you will be blessed. Yes. And, and blessing means you will have houses and mm-hmm. cars and coats and, and wealth. Perfect children and, and yeah. perfect jobs and yep. prestige and position. And, and all things that, that don't, won't last. Yes. And things that Absolutely. will, that will keep you more rooted to a material right. mindset and help right. you forget your position as a servant of God. Right. Right. Yeah. But it's hard to remember right. that. I mean, for me, that's my biggest struggle. Like, remembering God and remembering who I really am. Right. So just I'm just trying as much as possible to remember that. And I think for me, sometimes these very sweet stories, like the one you started with, sometimes if I'm in the right mindset, they help me remember, but sometimes they make me forget and they make me think like, oh, this world is beautiful. Oh, this world does have these yeah. like wonderful moments. And it's true and it does. And yeah. I think loving exchanges between people is the essence of God, yes. you know, but in, but I feel like that requires an asterisk because it requires right mindedness. Right. If I'm understanding right. that action within the true conception of the universe, then I feel comfortable with it. Yeah. Right. And that's true. No matter which side you approach it from yeah. that, the extreme can lead you to, to either isolation or, filling yourself with things that don't matter. It's remembering that God created this world and didn't say it was bad. He said it was good. Well, okay, this is a whole other episode. I might just cut this out. But he said that before the fall. Before the fall. You're absolutely (laughs) right. You're absolutely right. Before the fall. Um, So we live in a fallen world. We live in a different world. We live in a fallen world, but a redeemed world. And I'm supposed to be part of the redemption of this world. Right, right. You know? Right. Which to me means going against the grain. Right. It means I agree. Counterculture. I, yeah. I agree. Um, I agree. And that's, in theological terms, that's called the now and the not yet. Mm. We live in the now and the not yet. Yeah. Because um, we do live in the kingdom of God, the reign of God, the community of God, the presence of God, the pot. What did we say early on? The possibilities of God. 
And yet this isn't God's world anymore. But I'm supposed to live as if, well, how do we pray that Lord's Prayer on earth as it is in heaven? I'm supposed to live as a as a member of the the family of God, even in a world that is much less yeah. than godly. Yeah. 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 You know, coming from the other side, this world isn't what matters, but I'm supposed to live a life that does matter. Yeah? Yeah, I'm on board with that. Do you have a this week or is it still mine to do? Me? Do I have it this week? Yeah. Yeah. Let me flip the table so I don't Barnabas it too much. <laughs> yeah, I would say this week, take five minutes every morning. Uh, you take five minutes to brush your teeth. You take five minutes to wash your face. You take five minutes to grab your breakfast, to prepare your body for the day. But take five minutes every morning to sit in quiet contemplation of God and spirit and the universe and the divine and your role in that. And as you watch your day unfold, see if those five minutes helped you stay in a place of right-mindedness and helped you to let the car pass you in front or helped you to hold the door for another or helped you to stay loving and kind to the challenging person in your workplace. Let us know how it goes. Yeah. All right. so much for listening to this episode of Big Fish Little Pod. We are having such a great time making this podcast and we're really appreciating all of the feedback and input that we get from you. Please comment on the podcast post on my dad's Facebook page or send us an email at bigfishlittlepod at gmail.com. Thanks. See you next time.